you decide to market your brand is how you show up in the world. Just Marketing is committed to making a difference through being and building ethical, anti-racist, and equitable businesses. If we haven't met yet, my name is Meg Brunson, my pronouns are she, her, and Just Marketing combines my mission to build a more accessible and inclusive world with my expertise in the digital marketing space. Let's do this. Hey there, this is episode 14, and today we're talking about best practices, just marketing best practices, when it comes to websites and blogs. So you're ready to up your game with more inclusive and accessible marketing, right? When was the last time you evaluated and updated your website or blog? The Americans with Disabilities Act, also known as the ADA, was passed back in 1990 to ensure that Americans with disabilities have accommodations when they visit physical spaces. However, how that act translates into the online space is still a bit up in the air. After all, back in 1990, we never could have imagined how technology would change over the coming 20-plus years. So while there's no formal law mandating that websites be made accessible, nor what that accessibility should look like, as just marketers, we understand that ensuring our content is accessible is simply the right thing to do. Also, in 2019, there was a court case that ruled that Domino's, the pizza restaurant, was responsible for ensuring that the disabled community was able to access their website in order to place orders. So it was a small step in the right direction towards creating more accessible online spaces. But still, there are no formal rules or regulations yet. I suspect that they may be coming over the next few years, and when that happens, I know that we are going to be ahead of the game because we're making these considerations now. So what do you think? Is your website and blog accessible? Have you ever considered it before? If you're wondering how to tackle this aspect of just marketing, stay tuned. That's what we're talking about today. So when we talk about making our website more accessible, what we mean is that it needs to be formatted and written in a particular way so that it's easy for human eyes as well as assistive technology like screen readers to read. So here are some best practices that we need to follow. First, we want to make sure that we're always using proper headings. Headings should be used properly to convey structure. So you know when you go in to create your blog or, or website, there's various um, text headlines that you can use. There's H1, H2, H3, H4. Then you've got your normal paragraph text, and there's a couple options that go in there as well. We want to not only be using those headings, but it's actually really important that we're using those headings appropriately and that they always go in order. So the H1 heading should be used for titles, and then the H2 heading is going to be used for, um, you know, blocking out chunks of text. And then within that H2 heading, you can use the H3 heading. Within the H3 heading, you can use the H4 heading, but you want to be using those heading Um, tags or structures appropriately. The reason is because that's how screen readers 
read and interpret the content. It's also how people read and interpret the content. So you don't want to use those headers for other reasons. For example, I've seen people who set a different font for each of those headings and then just use the headings as they want to in order to change the fonts. You don't want to do that because it messes with the way that the screen reader um, reads and interprets the content. And that was something I was blissfully unaware of until fairly recently. So make sure you're using the proper headline formatting to help users navigate, understand, and then find content within your website. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is hyperlinking. So when you are writing and you want to include a link to a different website, a different web page, or a different resource, you want to avoid simply saying click here and hyperlinking the text click here. Again, something I've been totally guilty of doing myself. So what should you do instead? Instead, you want to use descriptive text. That's text that describes the action um, that the user is going to be taking and what what experience they're going to have after they click that link. So an example would be, instead of simply saying click here, you say sign up for the newsletter. And you hyperlink sign up for the newsletter with that link. Or something like watch the training now. So we're not saying click here. We're saying watch the training now. And we're hyperlinking that text. So you can see how the text is more descriptive than just saying click here. Now, what difference does that make? Well, first of all, it provides more information about what that user will experience when they click the link. So it helps improve the user experience and oftentimes makes people feel more comfortable and more confident about making the decision of whether they want to click that link or not. Now, additionally, you can choose to provide some even more information for your readers for what to expect once they arrive at that link by adding brackets with additional descriptive text after the link. So you could say, watch the training now. That's hyperlinked. And then in brackets afterwards, you may put video. Then the user knows after they click that link, they're going to be brought to a video. You could also put website or PDF if it's a download, right? So that people know when they click the link what they are going to expect on the other side of that click. One thing people don't tend to like when they're surfing the net are surprises. So be as clear as possible about what the links lead to so people can make educated decisions about whether they want to click or not. Less is more, all right? We've talked a little bit about text decoration trends, and another thing you don't want to do is overuse bold italics or underlining. That information impacts the way that screen readers read your content and can often result in a poor user experience. So in a previous episode, we talked about not overusing um, capital letters. We've talked about not overusing emojis. We also want to talk about not overusing bolding, italics, or underlining. All right? Think about that screen reader and that user experience. Now, over the past year, I've become aware of some plugins and software that are available to help make sure your website is accessible to those who have different needs, including needing to use screen readers, including colorblindness, um, including vision impairments. 
There are both paid and free options, so I've provided a couple examples below. Before I tell you about those examples, before we get into those examples, I want to note that I recently attended a virtual event with Tasha Hussey from Lavender Turtle Creative. She is a WordPress developer and accessibility advocate. She informed me that these plugins are actually not recommended for a couple of good and interesting reasons. First of all, because you don't have control over the code and the functionality. So if that code breaks at any point, suddenly you're without accommodations and that's not equitable. Secondly, because many people will see those plugins as a quick fix and they're not an end-all solution. So they will install the plugins, they won't do anything else, and they will think that they have made an inclusive and accessible website. And that's problematic, right? Because the plugins aren't the end-all solution. They're just a small piece of the accessibility puzzle. So installing these plugins alone does not instantly make your website accessible. Now, because I know this isn't you, right, we're also doing all of these other things to make our content more inclusive and more accessible. So I still want to share the information about the plugin, because I think as long as you're taking the other actions to be as inclusive and accessible as possible, I think the plugin is a good supplement to those things. It just should not be the the sole thing that you guys are doing, all right? So please remember that choosing to use one of these plugins or a similar alternative shouldn't be the only way you're ensuring accessibility on your website, but it certainly can complement all the other things you're doing. So the first um, thing I want to talk about is Accessibee. I feel like Accessibee has been running a lot of Facebook ads. Um, since seeing them, I've noticed a lot of big name businesses who are using Accessibee, and I think that is helping to amplify the fact that they exist. Um, and they are a paid membership. At this time, the the cost for that is about $49 a month, which unfortunately is prohibitive for some emerging entrepreneurs and small business owners. You know, they may not have that $50 a month to put towards an accessibility plugin. What the plugin does is it provides website accessibility by meeting legal requirements and the need for the expanding market for ADA consumers offering the ability to expand with your business and keep tasks simple for you, accessibility could be beneficial. Again, I think the price point is a little steep. It doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And I personally was not a fan of their marketing strategies. Um, I felt like they relied too much on fear, that fear of legal repercussions, which as we've already outlined, there really are no set laws yet that we need to be aware of or afraid of. So I didn't really love their marketing strategy. Um, so I'm not going to give the Just Marketing seal of approval for that company, but I do know that they exist and I wanted to outline that for you. At the same time, I would like to share what I am using, which is um, a free resource, much more economical. It's called One Click Accessibility. It is a free plugin that lets the user customize your website display. It gives them the ability to view the website with whichever accommodations they prefer, including increasing the text size, using more readable fonts, making the site grayscale versus colorful, adjusting color contrast, and more. The plugin allows a user to save these settings so when they return, they don't have to readjust their settings. This is a WordPress-specific plugin, so it only works on your WordPress site. Um, but on, and on those other 
on any other sites you're using, you'd have to like manually take those things into account. I'm not sure with Accessibility if they work on other sites as well. Um, another thing I should talk about there, another problem I had with their business structure is that that $49 a month membership only covers one domain. Um, in my business, I use multiple domains for multiple different funnels. I also have a couple of subdomains for my main domain. My main domain is megbrunson.com. I have a couple different subdomains, and each subdomain is also a different website. So by using different domains, different subdomains, um, it would be extremely um extremely pricey and expensive to use the accessibility plugin where there are those other free options. And again, by taking things one step at a time and and becoming more and more accessible with our actions, we can eventually implement a just marketing strategy that doesn't require the use or the supplement of these resources. So just marketing is nuanced and layered. If you haven't figured that out yet, there's a lot to take into consideration beyond just how to format your your headlights and hyperlinks. This is kind of our jam over here. So if you want to learn more about additional website-specific best practices, there are some other episodes that you should listen to. We have an episode about alt text. That is episode number seven. You can check out our episode on emojis and assistive technology. That's going to be episode number eight. You also may want to check out the um, color contrast episode, which is episode number 10, and then episode number 11 on captions and transcriptions. All of those topics are important to become more inclusive, accessible, and equitable in your marketing. And the links are, of course, in the show notes. Okay, y'all. I know this podcast is full of recommendations for ensuring your marketing is just, and trying to remember all the things can be overwhelming. Luckily, you don't have to rely on memory alone. Before you post your next piece of content, be sure to download the Just Marketing Checklist so that you can ensure that everything is as accessible and inclusive as possible. You can download that resource at justmarketingchecklist.com. You may already know, but we've made Just Marketing accessible to you, however you prefer to consume your content. You can subscribe and listen on your favorite podcast player, subscribe on our YouTube channel to watch the videos, or read the transcriptions on the blog and subscribe there as well. I would appreciate honest reviews wherever you are consuming this content. And of course, if you would share this resource with anyone who is or should be on a just marketing journey. Thank you so, so much for being with us again today. I appreciate you and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.